When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hockey. Yeah. Yeah. My favorite. It's Judd's Hockey Show. He was the best player on the ice start to finish. That's Jordan Greenway. And you're a part of a line that was dominant tonight in this hockey game. What did you three do together to every time you're out there seem to change the momentum? We just stayed on them. Uh, we played physical, got around the nets. Uh, we played a 200-foot game. It was, uh, we stuck to the good habits that got us here this long, and uh, that's how we came out successful. Arizona came out hot. They had some great chances, created turnovers, odd number rushes. But after the first period, you guys adjusted. What changed? Yeah, they came out hot. Uh, I don't know if we were ready for it. But uh, we went back in there, figured the things that we had to do uh, to turn it around, and we got it done. Last year, this building was mostly empty throughout the season. You guys talked about still loving to play in St. Paul, but to have these full houses, to have these momentum shifts where the crowd can pull you through, how much fun has it been to play in front of these guys? It's been great. You know, last year was uh, was tough without these guys, and to have them here this year cheer, uh, cheering us on, it's been fun. It's been great. They, uh, we appreciate you guys a lot. Congrats on an awesome game, Jordan. Thanks a lot. And with that, we have another wild victory. Welcome in Judd's Hockey Show. Appreciate all of you for being on the podcast or watching live on YouTube right now. Golgad and Declan Goff. And Declan, a lot to get to off that game tonight. I want to start here, though. So the Wild is now up to uh, 31 points. They're tied for the most points in the Western Conference with the Calgary Flames. It is the best start through 22 games in franchise history, topping, I think, the 2013-14 team. They have 11 wins, if I'm not taken this month, which is one off the club record. Um, long story short, though, the thing that impressed me most tonight, as as lousy as this game seemed on the schedule, it's the Coyotes, the Coyotes stink. And Greenway is right, and Felino expanded on this even more in his post game with reporters, which was the Wild didn't come out and play well, and the Coyotes did. Now, the Coyotes played last night against the Jets and got a great goaltending performance, and they won that game. Um, but here's the most important thing. So we could talk about Greenway's night, his line with with Eck and uh, Felino was outstanding. We could talk about Kaprizov's night, but where I want to start is this. This game, to me, was incredibly important because this is the game that the Wild ordinarily comes out and plays three periods like they did the first and loses and looks flat and then is searching for answers and is like, we got to we gotta change this. We got to do be- better than this. Um, I thought tonight was not necessarily a complete game, but tonight was a pretty damn good performance. And they essentially put their foot in the second period, or their skate, I should say, on the throat of the Coyotes 
and pressed. And they won this game, I thought, after the first period fairly convincingly. And that, to me, is a milestone. It's a very important marker for a team and a franchise that far too often on a Tuesday night as December nears playing a bad hockey team at home comes out flat and plays three periods flat. Today, they didn't do that. They won. I think this is a very important victory because it continues down the path of this is anything but the wild team that we became so used to for so long. Something was clearly said after the first period because the first period was a little sloppy in Arizona. I believe had like 15, 18 shots after 20 minutes. And clearly Dino said something to the guys in the locker room that got them going because in the second and third period, they look like the team that they've been for the better part of the last two weeks, which to be honest is um, probably the best team in the Western conference, at least statistically. Um, They have some of the most points since over the last month, they've scored the most goals five on five. I mean, this team top to bottom looks like the real deal. Um, Arizona's not a good team. They beat the Jets, uh, what, just yesterday. The Wild obviously whooped on the Jets on Friday. Uh, but at the same time, it would have been very easy to have your backup goaltender in there. Yeah, Frederick Goudreau, uh, who is a late scratch because of COVID. You're missing Matt Zuccarello. You're missing Jared Spurgeon. And the Wild still find a way for the better part of 60, uh, you know, 40 minutes of this game, dominate the Arizona Coyotes like you should, who is a bottom feeder right now in the NHL. Um, yeah, very encouraging win. A lot to get to. Um, basically, the entire team, I think, top to bottom, played very well. Kalen Addison had to step in and play wing because of that late scratch to Frederick Goudreau. Mm-hmm. Um, but Jordan Greenway, someone who I think, again, was trending towards possibly being a healthy scratch, uh, finally has a, has a really good night, probably the best night of the season, one of the better nights of his career, a three-point night. He's been active and moving his feet a lot lately, but he finally gets rewarded with some stuff on the box score that uh, that is actually quantifiable. He was great tonight. Obviously, his line mates looked really, really good tonight. Ryan Hartman continues to look well. Kirill Kaprizov is obviously phenomenal. I mean, pr- pretty much a, a pretty top-to-bottom dominating win against one of the worst teams in the NHL. You'd love to see it. Absolutely. Let's uh, get to the game that... Uh... Greenway had first tightest career high with three points, a goal, two assists, uh, third period, damn near scored a second goal. And Greenway's game to me is important because, yeah, he has played better for, I don't know, the last two weeks or so. Like he was non-existent. And then as is traditionally, I think the case got a talking to and came back and played harder, but he didn't get rewarded statistically Uh, tonight. He did, but tonight, Here's what I love, too, to play off my point about the approach for the majority of tonight from the Wild against a bad team. That Eckfolino-Greenway line has the ability to and likes to and can, in a game like this, set the tone. Like, they can set tones. They, they work their butts off. They are talented. They can do a lot of things as far as from the physical end because they're big and also with some skill. And I thought that they set a tone that was incredibly important because, again, this this is a game where and, – and the Wild's not alone here. There are a lot of teams that have the Coyotes come into their barn, as they say, and basically lull them to sleep. And they're like, it's Arizona. We're going to win. And then you turn around and it's the third period and you're down by two goals or something. Um, I thought that the Wild had really across the board, but but probably starts with that Eckline. Uh, and in fact, he scored the first goal. Starting with that line, I thought that there was a tone set of 
it's not going to be that way. And and I really do think, Dex, there's a bunch of these check marks here that that we need to get through before we become too excited because we're so used to seeing certain things. And and I think as we check off these boxes, that what we have to see is okay, they checked off this box. And tonight, and I know again it's a bad team and it's a no dot they should win game. But tonight, I thought that they had the right people check off the boxes of, we're going to come out, okay, slow start, but that's fine. It's not going to affect the second period or the third. And we are going to take it to a team that has some skill. The the weird thing is the Coyotes, if you look at their roster, they've got some players. Like, it's not across the board a terrible team. They're not a good team, but like they've got uh, Kessel and Keller is a nice player. Um, Gostaspear, like they've got some guys. But I just really thought the starting point was this was a game where I said, okay, show me something, and they eventually did. And then to your point, Kaprizov, um, boy, watching Kaprizov play a team like this is like, and I tweeted this, it's like watching the kid from the varsity take part in a yeah. pickup game at the pond. It's like, I'll take the puck now. Mm-hmm. Um, what he did tonight, it's so much fun because on nights like this, it's just such a display of skill. And the Coyotes are sort of like, uh, we'd like to stop him, but we have no idea how. Yeah, you have, you have absolutely no idea how. Um, actually, it's funny because uh, growing up in St. Paul, uh, I didn't get on the ice too much. Yeah, fun fact. Uh, but my brother played hockey, and he tells a good story one time of uh, playing on the east side of St. Paul um, when one day, just out of the blue, because my brother and him are about the same age, Ryan McDonough just showed up to the showed up to the pond. It's Ryan McDonough, casual Ryan McDonough, who was just in town with Tampa Bay uh, this Sunday. But uh, same thing. I remember being an eight, nine-year-old kid, and my brother saying, hey, this guy's like who's going to be the next Mr. Hockey Award because, you know, my brother and I had a big age difference. But same thing, just watching a guy dominate on, on, on the pond. That was Kirill Kaprizov. Um, here tonight, uh, Arizona's a lowly team. You're right; they have a they have some players, um, but they for sure are a work in progress. I believe Ryan Carter even said, you know, Phil Kessel definitely on the back nine of his uh, NHL career, and it's actually remarkable. The Wild did not pull the trigger on that trade. Well, actually, Phil Kessel was the one who blocked the trade, and honestly, thank God. you, Cheeseburger Phil, for uh, blocking that yeah, trade because that could have been disastrous. Paul Fenton caught a break there. Yes, or, he did. Or, or Bill Guerin. Or Guerin. Bill Guerin would have hated. But I think with Kirill now for the last two weeks, I believe it's 14 points in his last seven games, just looking more and more like the player he was. His shooting attempts are, are still about the same, but he's getting rewarded more and setting up players more. Um, and we'll get into Fial here in a bit because I have takes on that as well. But, uh, you know, Kirill over the last two weeks finally looks like the superstar that we saw for the majority of last season. And, yes, you know, was he scuffling a bit in the first dozen games of the season? Yes, he was scuffling. Um, and now he's living up to his expectations, and it was okay then to ask more from him, and now that he's delivering on that, he's worthy of praise as well. When you sign a superstar player like that to a contract, and when you see what that superstar player has done in a limited time, you need him to deliver on his end as well, and Kirill has done that, and over the last now two weeks, he looks more like the player he was, and that's a good thing. The, the, you know, the, the Wild have gotten by without Kirill and Kevin Fiala necessarily scoring a lot of goals, and that's fine. But now Kirill Kaprizov looks more like the player he's been um, for, for the from last season, and that's a good sign for the Wild. The incredible thing, too, that intrigues me about this team as well is the uh, complete and utter buy-in of ev- every player. So, so 
Pitlick gets moved up to the Kaprizov line, it's no big deal. Like the, these things again are to me such an eye-opening positive thing, right? I mean, can you imagine Pitlick in the old world just being promoted to that no. that line? He's basically gone from from a really solid like fourth third line guy, fringe guy, press box. Now he's playing right to to I think last game a solid third line guy. Then Goudreau's out tonight, and it's like, okay, now, dude, you're basically on our top line. And nobody bats an eye. No, Nobody, like, is like, uh, this isn't going to work. Like, this team has a, a chemistry across the board that is 20 games in. So refreshing to see because it's so very different. And, and it's like you created – I'm not saying all the players are equal because they're not. But it's almost like you've created this chemistry that allows – John Merrill. Now John Merrill is playing on the top defensive pairing, mm-hmm. and it's no big deal. Like these things are so different. This is such a different world. Um, you know, I can only to, to go back to what we discussed. I think it was uh, the previous couple of shows. I can only imagine Ryan Suter being told, "Hey, dude, Spurge is out. John Merrill's your partner now." Oh, no problem with that, right? And so, so. The immediate contributions, and I think the thing, Declan, too, that's so important here is the empowerment that causes confidence. Like, Pitlick's, I, I'm impressed, man. He yeah. does a really good job. And and I think by empowering guys and giving them more responsibility, we are now to a point, too, where a lot of guys are probably playing at their peak as well as they possibly can because there's a confidence that they can do it, not, not a second-guessing of why are you on my right wing? Hey, I want to bring up this comment right here on our Score North YouTube channel. By the way, thank you for everyone for uh, watching with us. Hit that subscribe button if you want daily Minnesota sports content, including Judd's Hockey Show right here and Minnesota Timberwolves, Vikings, Twins, just Minnesota sports kind of Mackie and Judd. Um, I'm Declan Goff. Ian uh, Omen here saying on our YouTube channel, Mikhail Granlin's having a hell of a season, by the way, and I, I see another one from Hit that says Granlin's tearing it up in Nashville. Huh? I, I, and this is not me calling out Ian or Hilt or anyone pointing out that, hey, Mikhail Ground is having a good season. This trade's kind of looking a really, little bit more even back on the other side. I don't care that Mikhail Granlin is having a good season in Nashville. Nashville is a little bit treading the water. Mikhail Granlin had a, a great run here, a solid run. And you got Kevin Fiala out of it, you were better for it. Because Mikhail Granlin left, Kevin Fiala, you got to see him more on a regular basis. Because you shed the weight of other players like the Ninos and Coyle, Zucker, and now you get Pitlick who gets a, a time, right? Like you get other players who are empowered and embodied, and Marcus Felino now steps into a captaincy role. Um, obviously, Ryan Hartman looks phenomenal. That's because they had to shed the weight of that old guard. Mikhail Granlin wants to go off and have a nice NHL career for the next seven, eight years in Nashville or New York or wherever the hell he wants to end up and be successful. Good for him. I'm glad. But that trade was still the right trade. That mindset to get these guys out was the right mindset. This is trending towards a new era. It is. Not even trending. It is a new era of yeah. wild hockey. It yep. it's a, it's officially has already started. It started last season. Now it's officially been built up. So, yeah, if Mikhail Granlin wants to have a 70-point season again in Nashville this year, good for him uh, because I'm more concerned with with the team that's in front of us here right now, who finally looks like they are not just pushovers anymore, and they actually want to go out and win something. And the Preds are, are good now. 25 points, Dex. They, they are in third place, so that's awesome. Yeah. No, look, um, and and th- this it serves as an, a nice transition to get to 
Fiala struggles, and I went through it tonight. So he he scored in, in the first game of the season when the Wild beat the Ducks. He then didn't score in 10 games, and I think in the next 11 or in the last 11, he's got two goals. And it's been a struggle. It's not for lack of scoring attempts. So, nope. so uh, I'm not going to sit here and say he's got to be shooting more. I mean, what's he doing? He's shooting a lot, and tonight he had two, if not three, excellent quality chances, including a really nice play where it was a uh, pass, what, to Kalen. It was back to yeah. back to Fiala, Fiala shot, and and the puck was stopped. Nice save there. Um, I will say this. I'd be interested to see the metrics that Fiala is posting in the defensive zone. Uh, if, if he's pulling his weight there, that's a little bit – that is more difficult to tell with the eye test unless the guy's absolutely terrible. Uh, but that being said, I'm going to stick to two things. One is, if he continues to shoot the way he is currently shooting now, pucks are going to start to go in because he's getting quality chances. Like it's not like, and and he has had he he has had several pucks go off his stick, and it felt like in the past few weeks, like he has shot the puck o- over the net at times. Tonight, Declan, that was not a problem. Like he was not missing. He was he was getting the puck on goal, and it got stopped. Um, but I think for a guy like this, goals will come in bunches. I think the most important question is how is he playing? How is the rest of his game? Because I'm sure he's pressing now, and that's the part that if you're the Wild, you don't want to see suffer. Like he's got to continue to play a complete game, or else there is going to be some problems there. Um, but I contend when it comes to Kevin, I think the goals will come. I really do. Now, if he stops shooting, then I'd say that's a problem, but he's not. He, no. He's taking plenty of chances. He's taking a ton of shots. He's getting absolutely robbed. His shooting percentage would suggest that he's getting, uh, that he, that he's had bad luck against him. Uh-huh. His expected goals for, um, this season is, is low. It's about half of what it is, meaning from when he, where he is deciding to shoot and where he is shooting, he's not getting goals from where those shots are coming from. Okay. Um, that sometimes is a little bit on Fiala from the shot selection. That's also just goalies making big time saves, man. Um, if I'm Kevin, I'm frustrated. You know, his, his Corsi four is, is very solid. It's 60. It's 60%, which is unheard of, um, for a guy of, of his pedigree. So when he's on the ice, he is out possessing and out shooting teams more. And yeah, he has a tendency, um, defensively to be lax and, and not, you know, back check as hard and not pick up a guy. I get that. Uh, but you, you just kind of take it with him. Um, you know, I, I think he, it appears he's out of the doghouse that he was in last week, two weeks ago. I'm not saying that he's that if they're bowing at his feet or anything that that he's completely out of it. But from where he's shooting and what he's doing, it just it feels like it's a matter of time before he's just going to go on a run, right, and just start scoring, cool. scoring, scoring. Because yeah. that's what yeah. happens. I mean, he is a streaky player, uh, but this is like getting criminally bad. I mean, uh, his shooting percentage is four percent. So uh, how the hell? Uh, for a guy to take this many shots, and for this guy to be that talented. It's one thing for a guy to just put bad shots on net all the time and not get rewarded for it. That's normal. Kevin Fiala is a player who typically also has very sustainable shooting percentage. 12.3% last year, 
13% in 2019-20. So it's not like he's ever out. Like Jason Zucker has always been the king of having a high shooting percentage, meaning that regression would always come down on him, right? Right. Yeah, that, that Kevin Fiala is usually right around that league average, which suggests that where he's shooting and the quantity he's shooting, he's converting at a, at a sustainable rate, where right now 4.3% is absolutely criminal. Mm-hmm. Um, so eventually it, it'll break for him. I'll still defend him. Uh, but, you know, he's paid to score goals. He's not paid to, to look good analytically. He's paid to score goals. Yep. Um, as, as much as I can paint a, a solid picture for him, he's got to start cashing in these goals. And I think eventually it'll start happening. And he's paid to shoot, though, too. And, and he, he had five shots t- uh, tonight. Now, th- this next stat I'm about to give you is certainly not even close to, to being a be-all, end-all. I'm sure it won't be too popular with the coaching staff. He was on the ice for two goals against. Uh, tonight, so that's where, and, but I think that's where Dean and Bill Guerin and the coaching staff. I think it's more. I my guess is that they think exactly what you just said about the goals, um, and the fact that they know that he's going to continue to shoot, and he will go through a weird stretch. I mean, it could be this next month he'll start to score goals. Right. Um, it's the fact of is he being responsible with his entire game. Cause I think that's where he gets in trouble when, when he starts to press and look, the, the one problem here too, if you're him is, is he is what on a one-year contract. Mm-hmm. He basically gambled on himself. Uh, he's going to be restricted again after 2021, 22. Uh, but there's no question he's pressing to, there's no question. And I just have to, to think that, that the goal's, will come and as long as he as long as he's playing a complete enough game because he's not going to be like a defensive stalwart that's not going to happen but I think as long as he's playing a complete enough game he'll be fine but what does it say Declan too that I mean this team right now is tied for the most points in the Western Conference um they've played fantastic for the most part and Kevin's not scoring yet like Mm -hmm. what does that say tonight on the score sheet 10 wild players, 10 guys. Yeah. Um, so, so like there's a, this is going to sound weird coming from me, <laughs> but for every negative thing that I can say right now, seriously, there's like four positives. Yeah. There's like four. Yeah. Okay. So, so Fiala needs to do more the power play, quite frankly. I, I mean, we, we talked about that on the, you know, the, the last JHS, uh, the power play needs to do more. There's no question. Like, like you can't, you can't sustain probably the success that this team is having if the power play doesn't pick things up eventually at some point. Um, but all of that being said, for everything that I can complain about, I can give you four to five things that I'm really impressed by, and mm-hmm. that we watch. And and I'll go back to, to my point. They're check marks. They're check marks of how this is different. They're check marks of who's contributing. Um, to what you said, if somebody went in, Dean or Felino or I don't know whom, after the first period and said, boys, this is BS. We are we came out and we are not playing hard enough. This is the Arizona bleeping coyotes, right? If somebody went in the room and said that, that's the first person to go in that room and say that in a long time. Yeah. Like that's the type of thing that didn't that didn't take place so it's really hard for me to bag too much on any one thing about this team when there's so many positives to talk about i'm not trying to jinx it but i do feel like we're 
getting to a point now where it does begin to look more and more real as opposed to, I wonder if this is just fluky. Right. Um, I, I, I think it, yeah, it's not becoming fluky anymore. Uh, right. The sample size is, is what it is right now. Um, Capo Cockadin even having a, again, this was a perfect yeah. chance to get Capo sometime, right? It's Arizona. There's no choice. There's no reason for you not to start him against Arizona. He looks fine. I tweeted out today. Someone asked, is, is this someone that has now kind of gotten back into good gracious? Is he someone that the wow can rely on as a backup goalie? Um, I kind of was in the tread. I was in the territory at the beginning of the season that I I don't know if this is going to be the guy. It's not to like give up and outright him. It's just I don't know if he's ready to be the backup goalie on a team that has aspirations to make a playoff run. I'll, I'll say that he definitely looks like he can be a backup goalie in the NHL. Um, he definitely does. Now I think the bigger problem though is not burning out Cam Talbot. To be honest, like. I, I have more questions and more fear that you're going to burn out Cam Talbot than I am worried about what is the bottom going to fall out of Capo Cockadin. Like, I know where the floor and the ceiling is with Capo, right? Like, I know where that is. With Ta- with Talbot, I feel like there there could be a situation where you just ride him so hard, and he is such a peak and valley goaltender where he's looked really good right now. I mean, credit to him. The last week or so, he's looked like the best version of himself all season. But I worry that they're going to ride him super, super hard where Capo Cockadin comes in tonight and plays well. Like, it, there's really, outside of, like, if you're playing really, really tough opponents, there's, there's no reason why the Wild shouldn't be, you know, giving Capo Cockadin at least a start one in every three starts. I wonder. I wonder if they might look to make a trade for, for a veteran um, who can play behind Talbot, but play more than Capo is. I, I think you're on to something. I don't think they trust him. Like, I think they'll play him. And he doesn't He doesn't bug me that much. But, Dex, this is a, you know, it's 2021. This is a two-goaltender league now. Like, you can't, I don't think you can just bury the backup and be like, it's going to be fine. I think in 1985, my heyday of North Star, uh, being a North Star fan, uh, you probably could do that closer, but I think you're on to something. I just have, and this is just a gut feeling. I think they don't completely trust him. And I will say this, there are potentially enough veteran guys out there who would serve as good um, not complete splits with Talbot, but close enough where where I think I'm coming to your side of the fence. I think I am. And I that, don't know exactly why, but I just <laughs> think you I, I think you're right. That that's where I was at the beginning of the season that I said you may as well address it early if you don't think Capo yeah. is gonna be the dude, right? And backup goaltenders at the trade deadline, I mean that that's candy. Like it, it it's all over the damn place. It's chewing gum. It's 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 relievers at the trade deadline in baseball. Like every team is always looking for a backup goalie. Um, so you can find someone very easily that would only cost you, you know, no higher than a fourth or fifth round pick, and the Wild might even be able to get something else lower than that for him. Um, but that's where I, I, I just have a little bit of worrisome. You're right. I, I don't think Capo. It's not to say that like, oh, they're going to give up on Capo because I don't think they are. He's under contract and he's their goalie of the future per se for right now. But I if think they, he might not be. <laughs> but but he might not be. 
and you might be right. And they might have to figure out that they need a veteran that's European been there, done that, and and they'll probably right. judge that here in the next month or two. It's not something you have to rush to figure out right now, yep. but I wouldn't be surprised if it is a move that's made by the deadline. L- last thing, have, have you heard in because I I was at the rink tonight timetables on Goudreau, who's now in COVID protocol, Zuccarello, who I think probably has a finger. It might be broken. I don't yeah. know. And Spurgeon. Uh, hot take. I actually, or hot, not hot take. Breaking news. I actually listened uh, to the local broadcast tonight uh, uh, on television. Uh, I didn't want to watch the Arizona Coyotes broadcast. I did not hear anything well, about. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to hear anything. Well, on the wild play-by-play no, guy. I, I got you know, fired. Out, poor guy. My, uh, my my guy Biz, I believe, is now national. So Biz isn't on the Arizona broadcast, I don't think, anymore. So I, I, I think wanna, they knocked Biz off. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't want to hear that. Um Okay. But but I didn't hear anything on Goudreau. You know, I know the NHL set out a league memo, I believe, today, basically saying cancel any holiday party, yeah. cancel all out-of-person autographs, yeah. cancel, like, basically, we have a situation you know, here, you know and it's Dad bubbling over. Yes, I know what Sports Dad wants Get to out do. of the Olympics. you got to yeah. get out of the Olympics and reschedule fe- February. It's going to help the Wild. That's going to yeah. help the Wild. Well, and I believe, you know, our... our was it Friedman that said if there's a positive test in the Olympics, it's a three-week isolation? Can you yeah. imagine if you lost Kirill Kaprizov for no, three weeks? And, 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 here, and here's the secondary thing that we're not discussing enough, but we will. You have to release players. Like, they're not going to play games, right? So mm-hmm. everybody's going to go somewhere, aren't they? I mean, and these are young men who enjoy their life, and I don't blame them one bit. Do you think they're going to go isolate? Oh, so, no. so like, like, forget the guys going to the games. I'm talking about the rest of your team. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're going to go home, and I <laughs> no stop that. But um, so Goudreau's out probably because he's vaxxed, and yeah. he's so he's got it. I bet. So he's probably going to miss the rest of this homestand. I would guess because they play mm-hmm. Thursday, Saturday against the Maple Leafs. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, Kalen Addison stepped in tonight. Uh, he's a defenseman and played forward, as you uh, brought up. He played wing tonight. I wonder if we are going to have a Matthew Ooh. Boldy sighting. I was because just thinking I don't that. think Addison. I don't think that's fair to like. No, play, it's not. Play wing here. I would like to see him get a chance. Um, but Ben continues to play well. I think if he's going, I think if Ben's going to continue to play, Addison sh- should just be sent down. Yep, and and just play down there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know. For Thursday against the Devils, Declan Goff, I wonder if we're going to get a um, Matthew Boldy debut. Makes I like some that sense. Plan. No, it makes a ton of sense. I mean, Kalen filled in he deserves admirably, it. and Boldy deserves it. I would absolutely call up Boldy. And you know, we got. You know what? Play. You know what? We got write that down tomorrow on Mackie and Judd. There's oh, some. I... There, there's some accountability. And you know what? Actually, a little tease. Yeah. Uh, I think. I think we might be inching closer. I, I had a rough week. I said some I, things I come too. off the board. I, I did too. So yeah. I know I had at I'm least a little one worried. wrong, and that's just the accountability session. I'm a, I'm a little worried. Uh, okay, we're done here. Um, tease our stuff, and, and yeah. then we're, we're, we're going to run to get to a uh, Purple After Dark with Realistic Randy next. Yeah, if you want to subscribe right here to our YouTube channel, we are knocking the door of 10,000 uh, subscribers right here. We are almost there. We're almost to 30,000 combined spot, uh, 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 subscribers between this channel and our Purple Daily YouTube channel, which we're about to head over to talk to Realistic Randy and Phil Mackey and talk Little Vikings. Thank you for everyone help us getting to there. So if you want daily Minnesota sports conversation like uh, right here on the Wild, Timberwolves, wave that damn flag. Uh, the Twins, you got Vikings, you got plenty of stuff right here. We, uh, we are providing some Minnesota sports content for you. Multiple days 
multiple stuff a week. Wave that damn flag, Judd, because you, you know what? I'm going to say Hold this. On. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this. I'm going to say my tagline, pass, shoot, score, and I'm going to let our best friend, not just our friend, our best friend of the show, get us out here. Listen, you guys know what this is all about, right? Right? What's it all about? Virgie? Hard work, man. It's fun. that. This is about winning. He knows he once ate an entire sheet cake. He knows your selfie life isn't your real life. He knows what goes down on the DMs. Shouldn't you know your dog better? Now you can learn his inner secrets with Embark, the highest-rated dog DNA test. Unlocking over 350 breeds and screening for over 215 genetic health risks. Go to EmbarkVet.com and use promo code DNA, that's DNA, to get $60 off an Embark Breed and Health Kit or Purebred Kit with free shipping. That's promo code DNA to save today.